Hey guys, welcome to the 42nd episode of the Indian Market Story. As you guys know, we're here to talk to you guys about how India is going to double its economy up to $7 trillion. And we want you to participate in that wealth creation, which is why we have with us today Mr. Sad Gopal, um, who's here to talk about financial planning and who's written a fantastic book of If God Is Your Financial Planner. Uh, Mr. Sad Gopal, please, uh, please could you introduce yourself a little bit to our audience. I'm sure they'd love to know about you. Yeah, yeah. So thank you very much, Varun, for having me on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, I have been in this financial planning line for uh, almost 20 years now. I started in 2004. And since that time, I have been into this financial planning. Um, financial planning is very, very important. I think that is what we are going to talk about uh, further in this uh, show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very important. I mean, a lot of people have a lot of uh, goals, aspirations which they want to uh, attain in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And we are actually working towards that direction to create that financial architecture, to give that blueprint Mm-hmm. So that people, whatever be their income status, they will be able to achieve their goals going forward by planning properly and uh, uh, going towards that goals in a premeditated planned fashion. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey as a financial planner? I'm coming right. to that. I'm coming to that. I was telling you what I had done. So, uh, I mean, right at the beginning, I was not into finance line at all. For the first 10 years of my career, I was in a completely different line which was training resources. I mean, I used to resell training uh, products to uh, the corporate HR departments, to uh, trainers and other people who will in turn use the training resources, which used to be in the form of training kits. It used to be in the form of uh, CDs and audio tapes, video tapes. I mean, essentially management and computer uh, computer related subjects. So it used to be a resource in the hands of the training departments, Mm -hmm. which they could use in turn to train other people. Right. So that is what I was doing for a very, very long time. Uh, with the advent of the internet, uh, what happened was a lot of these things which we were actually reselling, we were importing and reselling. At that time, uh, I did not know, I did not realize, but a lot of these companies were going out of out of business at that time. Right. So now, in hindsight, I know that probably a lot of these things were available on the internet. And a lot of these companies realized that and they were going to some other alternate line of business. Mm-hmm. So when we were finding it a problem in terms of sourcing, then we had to look for some other line of business, which which could be the next uh, thing which we can latch on to for the next 20-30 years. And when I looked around, I have a management background, so when I looked around, uh, I saw that uh, this insurance or financial services was the sunrise. I came into this financial services through insurance, but very, very shortly, I mean, within a year, I came into financial planning. So in 2002, I came into insurance, did quite well there. In 2003, I had uh, heard about financial planning. Uh, in a sense, uh, even in 2002-2003, I was doing my own version of a financial plan. Very, very rudimentary, very elementary kind of a thing. Uh, and it it was very effective. So I did not know at that time that uh, uh, fin- what is financial planning. When I heard about financial planning, I immediately enrolled into, into that uh, in 2003. And after that, uh, there was no looking back. And after that, uh, I launched myself into full-fetch practice in 2004. Okay. So And after that, I have been into that practice. Uh, right in the beginning, it was... Uh, I mean, I did not really know too much about financial planning. So it was a very basic rudimentary kind of a plan that I had created at that time. Obviously, uh, based on the level of my knowledge and expertise at that time, I used to charge a very, very modest uh, kind of a fee at that time. So uh, what, I mean, I have to keep the home fires burning, right? I mean, yes. so I used to also uh, be in uh, uh, mutual funds and stuff like that. So uh, there was some income coming through uh, the financial plan and uh, some income coming through the commission. So that is how it started. That that was the genesis. Over a period of time, what happened is, uh, I mean, we uh, we improvised on the plan that we have 
started uh, started mm-hmm. with in 2004 and over a period of time uh, we started making better plans much more nuanced much more uh, complex uh, plans which will be really helpful and we were also able to charge a fairly lucrative uh, kind of a fee mm-hmm. so over a period of time we have graduated from uh, a basic plan to a plan where uh, which is i mean full fledged plan comprehensive gotcha. plan and uh, we were able to charge a, a decent fee by 2010 or so uh, we did not feel the need to actually uh, be in products that much so we had got into that uh, uh, fee fee based financial planning uh, whereby the fee was a primary thing yeah so we had told the clients at the time that we are now fee based uh, thing so you can pay the fee you can get the financial plan done and if you want to you can go ahead and you can implement wherever you want so that has been the journey till 2010 in our case uh, our model has been since 2010 our model has been that we don't go to the clients places see uh, in a place like mumbai i mean we have traveled yeah. to the studio today in a place like mumbai uh, again the amount of time that you spend on the road is actually enormous and yeah. uh, if i yeah. have to really meet clients maybe i'll be able to meet two clients maximum i may be able to meet three clients a day yeah so ultimately the time on my on the road my client is going to pay me yeah so what we have told the clients is boss you don't pay me that uh, but the only difference is we are meeting online and uh, we had communicated that from day one got gotcha. from uh, 2010 to all the clients we that is the first thing that we tell everybody and people were comfortable so when covid came we did not have a problem because that was the model we were adopt- we had adopted uh, 10 years back yeah so uh, it has been a good journey up to that so one very important thing i mean this is for the benefit of uh, uh, not only your viewers but uh, the people in the financial services fraternity uh, the journey has not been very complex for us in terms of uh, acceptability financial planning financial advisory is a comparatively new field from the client point of view so but uh, all the same when we explain what we were going to do for them uh, people were absolutely fine in terms of paying a fee lot of times really? you get yes lot of times you tend to hear that people don't pay a fee people don't pay a fee for something that they don't see value in but if you are able to put together a value proposition if you are able to deliver something of uh, true worth from their point of view people are willing to pay a fee i mean we yeah. are charging a very serious fair amount of <clears> fee now and we are having clients and they are paying fees on an ongoing basis also for our advisory and what services we do people are willing to pay a fee and and i'm not the only one there are yeah. so many of us dozens of us who are are doing this for a living yeah so uh, the broader point is yes uh, in 2013 uh, sebi also realized that uh, it is very important uh, to to bring a regulation or to bring a new category of people who are going to act in the client's best interest so in 2013 they came up with the investment advisor regulation and of course i mean before that itself we were doing all that so we registered with uh, sebi in 2013 and ever since we have been a financial advisor yeah i mean uh, we can we can say that it has been a decent journey from then uh, we have our own cribs about uh, the regulation and stuff like that but that's okay i mean of course in every field you of have regulation course. right yeah. yeah the aviation has uh, regulation yeah. pharma has regulation. everything has, regulation. has so that's okay uh, but uh, the opportunity in the in the field is is enormous because india imagine. is rapidly you were talking about a 7 billion economy by 2030 right? 7 trillion 7 trillion sorry yeah. 7 trillion economy by 2030 so um, I mean, so the country is rapidly becoming uh, richer. Yes, the number yeah, of uh, wealthy is. people is really going up. Yes, uh, for the viewers, uh, the number of uh, wealthy people as of 2022, uh, when I say wealthy people, dollar millionaires in the country is about eight lakh people. 
in 2022 yeah. yeah and is expected to be in the next 5 years it is about 16.5 lakh people yeah uh, i mean it's going to be double it's it's growing very rapidly it's going very rapidly yeah. and that is those are the people definitely they'll require financial of support. course of course and i mean i guess uh, you know one one thing that that's really stands out to me is of course the the fee that you're charging the clients and the loyalty that they have is obviously a testament to the experience and knowledge and ability you have over 20 years of yeah. being a financial planner and uh, you know one thing that i picked up on you know from your book and having spoken to you a little bit is you have a very unique approach to financial planning you it's not just about you know the the numbers and 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 you know the the best instruments but it's about you know the spirituality the philosophy and what's best for the client so could you maybe share a little bit about your financial planning philosophy because i think that would be really really interesting to hear absolutely i mean uh, it's it's great that you have touched upon that thing because that is at the hub of uh, what we talk to the clients all about i mean that is that is our approach itself Uh, see, while we are all uh, living in a materialistic world, and we need to achieve a lot of things uh, in in our life, and for all that you require money, I'm the first one to accept that. But the point is, I mean, if we are really only going to focus only on the money, ultimately, I mean, we are looking for uh, satisfaction in life. We are looking for happiness and delight in life. We are looking to achieve our own potential in life. There are so many things that we want to do in life. So, if we really only focus only on one aspect, which is the money aspect. the life is not going to really blossom the life is not really going to be what it ideally should be so from that point of view we need to work towards uh, money fulfillment goal fulfillment but at the same time we need to have a kind of a temperament a mindset whereby we work towards money but money should not really control and overpower us so we have to have that life philosophy that life is something different money is something that is supporting life but money is not life itself so yes. that's the that's the main thing that philosophy with which we work so uh, we also have another aspect called life planning so when i ask uh, people about what are the what are the goals people typically tend to say okay i have children children's education they say okay i want i have a house i want a bigger home holiday home retirement home and think like that then people say okay i want to travel in uh, nationally internationally so that is another goal so then people say i want to plan for my retirement and so on and so forth so if you really talk to maybe 100 people all the goals that they say will will be maybe 10 or 12 yeah it can be put in the 10 or 12 but yeah. really speaking is are people going to have only 10 or 12 goals and what are your what about your personal aspirations yeah so now the point is if i ask a fundamental question to somebody that are you living your best life that is the fundamental question i ask sometimes when i mean they are shocked to hear this kind of a question from a financial planner and they start talking in terms of money Mm. then they say i said boss please relax i mean i'm not talking about money i am talking about your life as far as your life is concerned are you very happy about the thing so then they start getting it. so the other question we ask is what is the kind of life ideally you would like to live given all the money that you really want in the world if you have all the money then what is the kind of life that you want to live so then the same goals which they have lot of those goals will go away because that is not adding to any meaning in their life or happiness yeah. or delight in their life yeah. lot of times it adds to stress yeah so what happens is there are lot of say pressures on them and they want to i mean they want to prove something that is what they think to x or y or z and they take on more loans more goals yeah. and they buy second home third home boss you are running well you are well regarded but you are constantly in stress and anxiety yeah is that the life that you want to live so yeah. you you configure what is the life that you want to live and then look at what are the financial goals that are required in that life and then live that life no i think that's really and, and it really highlights what uh, what the value of an unbiased independent advisor is because i think if you think about 
how most advisors or RMs in most financial organizations would operate. For them, it would not be about the client. It's about their targets. It's about, you know, it's not about advising you to drop a goal. It's about selling you another product to meet that goal. And, uh, you know, I think it's really great service you're doing to, to try and help people simplify and enhance their lives, not just their money. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really, really, really powerful work. So I thought what we could do is, you know, in, in that spirit, is try and take some situations, some really common and difficult situations that people find themselves in. Uh, and I think that's something that you talk about in your yeah. book as well. Yeah. So, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you would advise your client to approach that situation. Uh, does that does that work? Should we go? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah? So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put a context to that and then I'll get into uh, sure. particular situations. See, a lot of times uh, uh, when people are in a particular kind of a problem, it is not because that they are earning less. In fact, a lot of times I've found that people who are earning very well, they are into problems. Yeah. Not the people who are modestly endowed. Okay, this is a very fundamental statement. I want all the viewers to understand this. Yeah. If you're earning, let us say, one lakh and you feel uh, your uh, salary is very less, don't worry, you're in good company because somebody who is earning some seven lakhs, eight lakhs is also thinking the it's same fun, thing. Yeah. They're also thinking that what I'm earning is not good enough. Yeah. So it's never the problem of income. It is always the problem of what are your expenses? What are your goals? So essentially, you are not focusing on what you can control. Expenses and goals are what you can control. You are looking at something which is uncontrollable. Income is uncontrollable. Income over a period of time, maybe by doing certain things, you can control. But for the large part, it is uncontrollable. Yeah. So we focus on things which really we do not have any any control. And we focus on, uh, and we, we talk about economy, we talk about this, we talk about that. I mean, boss, economy, let us say it is nose diving or economy is booming. Your goals are going to remain the same. Yeah, but you know, I, I just, I want to try and stick on this for a second because, you know, what I've come to realize is that people don't view it the way you view it. They view their income as something that they can control, but their goals and expenses, <laughs> there are something that's uncontrollable. And I just, I want to just highlight that to the viewers in a second. No, no, um, absolutely. On the button. Yeah. Because see, I mean, that's the, that's the myth we need to break. Because for, for a large part, suppose you are in service, you, you are working somewhere, okay? You are earning, let us say, 2 lakh rupees, hypothetically. And you are doing very well in that company. Maybe next year it will be 2 lakh 20, 2 lakh 30, whatever. So, I mean, from 2 lakh 30, can it go directly to 4 lakh? I think not. Most probably yeah. it will not. So that trajectory, however however good you are, there is a trajectory in that. You really cannot do too much on that. So in my opinion, that's not really that very controllable. Yeah, you can control it in the sense that you are putting in all your effort. You are educating yourself. You are qualifying yourself. So to that extent, you can increase your income. So the, those portions are there. Yeah. But what is really in your control, and I'll come to that one more aspect, is your expense, is your goals. How much you can spend is entirely up to you. Yes. Yes, you will have to uh, you will have to realize that, and people around you have to realize that, which may be all the people in the family, they will have to realize that. Because lifestyle is the main problem that most of the people are facing. And that comparison is another main problem that most people are facing. Yeah. And that is where the problem today is. Yeah. People are under stress because they are always constantly comparing with X or Y yeah. or Z. Yeah. And they always want to aspire for a certain lifestyle, yeah. which is currently beyond what they are earning. Yeah. So if you are earning 7 lakhs per month, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, people would want to be in your shoes. Yes. But you are aspiring for a lifestyle which is far ahead of that. Yeah. And that is where the problem is. That yeah. is happening to the guy who is earning 1 lakh rupees also, 7 lakh rupees also you have to be slightly more practical. Yeah. So otherwise, irrespective of your income level, 7 lakh becomes 11 lakhs. Yeah. But you will still be in the problem because your expenses expand to the level which is above your income. Yeah. But there's, and, and you know, that's that's one aspect that you can control is your expense. But also the 
the way you invest your money is very controllable and it's very much within your scope of understanding and scope of control. And uh, people don't really spend much time on that. They don't understand how much risk they're taking. They don't understand the kind of returns that their products are, are likely to generate. And they sort of work on advice. They work on, you know, very little advice and, and mostly just word of mouth. Uh, but they'll spend so much time, effort, energy on, you know, their invest on their, their income. Uh, maybe investments also deserve some time, effort, attention and energy because of how much of a transformative impact it can have on someone's life. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Varun, you have again, I, again, put your finger on the right point in the sense that, I mean, we spend so much time and energy on a lot of things in life. I'm, I'm not uh, trying to trivialize a birthday party. No, of course. Uh, it, it's important. I mean, your own wedding or your sister's wedding, brother's wedding. We are putting so much effort and planning into that, which is absolutely fine. But the point is, most each one of us, we start working somewhere in our 20s. And we, we continue to work into our 50s. So at least 30, 35, 40 years, we are working. And why are we working? We are working to earn that money, to create that wealth. Yes. To ensure that whatever goals we have in our life, including whatever expenses that are coming in the interim, we are able to achieve that. So that is why we are working. So if that money is so important, I mean, the prime time of our lives, we are giving it in our workplace. All of us. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the money is important to us. That is why we are giving our prime time to that work, right? How come after spending so much time, after so much effort, we are earning that money, we are not willing to even give, give 10 minutes to that, to, to thought to investing that money. The money is lying around in the bank. I mean, I have found the N number of clients. Money lies around in the bank for months together. Yeah. And uh, in one uh, client case, it was 2 crores, which was lying around for about 8 to 10 months. Wow. 2 crores. That's a huge amount. And that, that, huge amount. there's a lot of interest turning in capital appreciation that has missed out. True. So the, the client did not invest because he did not know exactly what to do. And he uh, he had an intention to consult somebody before actually taking any action. But uh, that time extended to 8 to 10 months. So, I mean, once he came to us, we were also zapped actually. I mean, we asked him, boss, what are you doing here? Yeah. At least you could have done a FD, short term yeah, FD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That also he had not done. Oh. So, I mean, people take their money very, very, uh, very, very lightly. Yeah. And uh, what happens to that money is also that somebody comes, a relationship manager comes, somebody comes, they hear something from their friend or their colleague. They say, I have done this. They say, Acha, yeah, acha product hai, good. Hai. Okay, fine. Let me also do that. See, the context of the person who is your friend or a colleague can be entirely different. Okay, for that person, maybe equity may be the ideal choice. Because that person is in his 20s. You are in your 40s, for example. Yeah. Or you may be in your 20s, but your goals are coming up now. So you cannot invest in equity. Yeah. Equity is a long-term game. Yes. So we need to understand that. We are we are looking at how to shovel in the money somewhere and get the money off the bank savings account. Yeah. So that is that is what we are doing. Yeah. So we need to understand what is the goal, what is our risk, uh, uh, what is our risk profile, where should we invest from the point of view of taxation? I mean, you may be in a particular tax bracket, I may be in a different tax bracket. Yeah. So then what are the tenure needs? When do I require the money? What is the liquidity of that money? So I need to look at a whole lot of things before I invest that. Yeah. And that is where that asset allocation becomes very, very important. Right. So how so, much in each one we have to properly uh, look and allocate. Yeah. So let's let's do this, you know, like you said, let's try and take some examples and try and solve some problems for people. Sure. So I'll try and, you know, what I'll do is I'll play out a scenario in front of you and I'd love to hear how you'd approach that. Sure, sure. So let's say we have, you know, um, a young adult, somebody that's been working for a couple of years. Uh, but 
due to, like we mentioned, expenses, comparisons, lifestyle, they're drowning in EMIs. You know, they've bought the latest iPhone, they've gone on yeah. some holidays, they've got credit card debt. And every day, every month, every week, there's another EMI to be paid and that's eating everything. So how does this person climb out of this hole and start building wealth? A uh, very interesting question because uh, I, I see a lot of people uh, in India and across the world probably uh, are in this uh, situation. Like I said earlier, it is not about income. It is about how you are willing to live your life. It's actually that. It's, it's nothing more than that. So uh, the first thing to solve this kind of a problem is to actually critically look at your life itself. So you have got into, I mean, you have bought an iPhone. I mean, there is nothing wrong with buying an iPhone at, uh, at all or anything uh, that that you really set your heart on. But is that something that you can afford? So the, the, the first touchstone uh, for buying before any purchase is that, can you really afford it? Okay. The second is, if you are not able to afford, you are taking a loan. At least can you service that loan? At least can you service that loan without affecting other goals? Right. So at least that you will have to ask yourself. Without really understanding that, a lot of people are getting into multiple loans. They have a personal loan, they have a loan for a white goat, they have a loan for iPhone, they have a loan for X, Y, Z, A, B, C. Okay, a car loan, this loan, that loan. Uh, they have taken that, they are feeling good, but at the end of the month, tuck, 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 four or five things go away and you are left with only this much money uh, for you to live with. And so then you don't know how to do, how to manage. But at the same time, Externally, you, it looks like you are, I mean, you are doing very well. I mean, you are driving a fancy yeah. car. You are going around with two, two iPhones. I mean, the family seems to be uh, holidaying abroad. So, but nobody knows that for everything you have taken a loan. Yeah. Even that holiday abroad has come on a loan. And you are struggling every month. You are virtually uh, keeping your head above water with great effort. And what happens in those kind of cases? The credit card comes into play. So, you start using the credit card for making this payment, that payment. All that and then a lot of people at some point in time they hit the ceiling. So you have three credit cards, four credit cards, you are managing from here, there, Vagera. But ultimately you'll have to pay that. And yeah. people sometimes get into that revolving credit uh, thing. And uh, that is like a quicksand. I mean, you cannot really get out of that. I mean, uh, you cannot keep paying 48% or 52% and try to close that thing. It's not going to happen. Okay. So the point is you have to be slightly conservative about your lifestyle. This is what I keep telling. In the context of a car example, suppose you can buy a 45 lakh car. I always keep saying that people, boss, you stay within 20 lakh. If there is a scratch, if there is a problem, if the door gets smashed, you just send it to your garage and they can repair it. A 45 lakh car, here it would be repaired in say maybe 30,000. That car will take one and a half lakh because that is that category. Everything is costlier. Yeah. So you will have to really think. Here you don't have to think. So keep your lifestyle at a level, maybe two notches below what you can, what you can do. Then you'll be absolutely comfortable in life. So that is the simple, simple thing that I will uh, say. As far as EMIs and loans and things like that, what you are saying is that you take loans and EMIs for those things which can actually build something for you. Yeah. So one is education. If you are taking a good loan for an education, it is building you up. So probably it is setting you up for future success. It's helping you control your income. Exactly. So if you want to really control your income, if you want to double your income, go into a good course. Yes. Do that. So that is a good investment. And a lot of us, I mean, without a without a loan, we cannot buy a house. Uh, the condition of uh, the property uh, prices everywhere yeah. in the country is like that. Yeah. So you everywhere in the world is like that. World is like that. So yeah. people go for a, a mortgage. Uh, as far as the property is concerned, it's okay. But at least you are creating something. But for uh, for the lifestyle expenses, whether it is an iPhone, whether it is a, a vacation, things like that, 
I would I would give a very easy suggestion. The easy suggestion is you first save up. Yes. You want three lakh rupees, four lakh rupees. You save that up. So instead of paying an EMI, you put aside fifteen twenty thousand per month, and over a twenty four month period, you will have that money. Yeah. Then guilt free, you go for that holiday. Yes. You want to go to Europe. You want to go elsewhere, wherever you want. Vietnam. Go there. No yeah. problem at all. Yeah. It is just slight change in the way we look at uh, things that is required. There is no meaning in living life which is fully stressful and ridden with anxiety. There is no point in living that way. And it's very, uh, I mean, it's very sad that a lot of people are in that state. Yeah. They they are not able to say anything because on the face of it, they are seen as very successful. Yes. But that is the life they are living. Yeah. So let's try and go to a different example then. So we've heard about you know how to manage the the AMI burden. Um, what about if somebody is sitting on a large financial windfall? So somehow for some reason they've got a lot of money. Some some things for some reason some happiness has happened and they have a they have a giant pot of money. What do they do next? See, uh, this is the other extreme uh, end you are yes. asking. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, in that situation also, somebody. Uh, I mean, a lot of times in these kind of uh, situations, when suddenly you are getting a huge amount of money, let us say ten, fifteen crores kind of money, you are getting. Uh, you don't have a sense of proportion. Suddenly, I mean, that is what happens with uh, people who win lotteries. Yes. So, somebody who has been working in a mill or somewhere, suddenly he gets, uh, let us say, five crores. What happens is, I mean, he doesn't know what to do, and a lot of people land up. A bank guy lands up, somebody lands up, X Y Z lands up, somebody gives a business idea. They say, let us uh, invest in a fleet of lorries and let us run that. So, if you do not know how to uh, deploy that, the first thing you have to understand is you will you will require somebody who understands that. So, you will have to look for a proper advisor to do that. A lot of times, what happens, even in the case of a death, or in the case of uh, somebody who has a windfall. Lot of unwanted people actually land up, and that becomes a problem. So the first thing that such a person has to understand is, boss, I don't know. I need to get the counsel of somebody who can really help me, and that cannot be my brother, that cannot be my brother-in-law, that cannot be my bank manager, that cannot be those people. So this is a very basic thing that they need to understand. I'm the first one to accept that most of the people are not in that state. I mean, they don't they don't realize that they need the counsel of a proper financial advisor. But that is exactly what they require because they have not seen that kind of money. So if they have seen only twenty lakhs and thirty lakh, they know how to deploy that twenty lakh, thirty lakh. If you have ten crores suddenly, and you have certain goals, somebody has to plan that for you. Yes. And that can be a person who has experience in doing that. So they will need to do that. I mean, there is no other way to do it. Even their brother-in-law cannot uh, help them because they have also not seen that kind of money, right? Yeah. So you have to go professional, and that brings me to the original point where. India is rapidly becoming wealthy. Lot of people require financial advisors because they have not seen that kind of money. Yeah. Uh, going forward, lot more, lot more people will require proper financial advice because even if there is a small error which you do, it will all be in lakhs of rupees. If you have a, if you make a two percent error on a five crore rupees, it is ten lakh rupees. Yeah. So it's not small in rupee terms. It's not small. So that is why you require professional counsel. Yeah. So you know you've been you've been a, a professional financial planner for so long. Uh, I'd love to hear some of the stories that you know you have of of, of really transforming people and families' lives. Uh, and you know your book has several of them as well. But we'd love if you could share one or two of them, uh, just to to know what it is that a financial planner can do for you in your life. So uh, as far as the financial, I'll come to the example part. But I'll I'll tell you what. I mean, see, we are not magicians. Uh, we are people who uh, who are understanding their situation. Uh, we are putting together a overall architecture 
so that they can meet the goals whatever they want to at the points that they want to in proper premeditated fashion so that is what we are we are ensuring that the goals are we will, they will achieve 100% we are not giving any uh, uh, anything regarding the returns we are not really saying that you will get a 20% return or 18% return that's that's uh, that's what the market does yeah. so we cannot do that so we give them the assurance that we will help you meet those goals whatever goals we have agreed upon you will meet that 100% yes so that is what we uh, uh, tell uh, people and we plan for that particular thing so when we are uh, uh, when we are doing that as a financial advisor uh, we need to we need to invest in an appropriate manner what we bring to the table is first of all uh, the proper architecture secondly the regularity and discipline and thirdly we stop uh, clients from making those blunders yeah uh, we are those people who stand between the client and the big mistakes that is yes. how we put it so a lot of times what happens is if you just avoid the mistakes uh, you will be far ahead in the game lot of times so I, i'm sure each one of us uh, each one of us have seen such situations in our family and uh, among friends where people make blunders and they are back by 5 years 10 years yeah and there are lots of such situations you make a uh, you make a purchase of a house in an inappropriate place or a commercial property or anything yeah or taking and, too much leverage to make that purchase as well yeah so then it becomes a blunder right so i mean we are going to we are going to stand between the client and the blunders so these are the very basic things that we do and that is transformational one of our clients i mean he is working for a very good company but when he came to us i mean he had, he had written a mail to us about 2 months back when he came to us he had something like 12 and a half lakhs at that time it was uh, 2011 i think 11 or 12 2012 when he came to us see i mean was he earning very less uh, i mean in 2012 obviously it would have been less than what he is earning in 2024 yeah but obviously he was in a good position even then it was the same company which is a very good company so it's not that he has not been earning well he has been earning well uh, but he has not been able to save when he came to us he was about 42 or something like that okay so it is not that uh, he is some 20 something he did not have the potential to save yeah he had worked for almost 20 years maybe less than 20 years and he had the potential to save but he was at that time why again the same thing so uh, money is coming into the bank it is going here there lot of times what happens is the money is there if the money is there it will always find a way out of your bank account yeah and not into savings or not <laughs> into investment so that has happened to him now very recently his portfolio has crossed 3 crores only the financial investments it has crossed 3 crores he thanked us profusely for that see the point is we are not doing any magic i am the first one to accept that we are not doing any magic we are bringing in the discipline we are ensuring that you are regular with your investments we will keep asking you the the questions i mean if you want to take out i mean do you really need this money can you manage with what you have i mean so we do that we give liquidity and contingency provision so suddenly there is a spike what really happens in many people's cases who don't have the contingency liquidity provision they take they dip into something which is kept for the long term mm. or which is kept for the retirement which actually uh, completely breaks down the plan so we have those liquidity contingency provision so when we do all these things properly in a planned manner so over a period of time they put in the money relentlessly on a monthly basis whatever surpluses they get by way of incentive by way of bonus everything gets invested we plan for every single thing if they are going for a vacation we have money put aside for that they will tell us i want the money so bring it to cash so we will we do all that 
So in the process, over a period of time, the compounding happens. Yes. So the acetylation properly it happens and then the compounding happens. And then they look at it as magic. Actually speaking, it is not magic. Uh, it is actually a lot of hard work. So I guess, I mean, that's a really beautiful story of someone who used... And this is not the only story. I mean, I have several such stories. Uh, people who have been uh, very modest as far as their income is concerned. I have a lady uh, client. Uh, she, uh, at no point in time, she has earned more than 1 lakh rupees. Uh, today, her portfolio is about 3.8 crores. Wow. Yes. Wow. 3.8 crores. I mean, she had uh, been with us for the past 17 years or so. Full credit to her. She has, uh, she has kept a very close uh, lid on her expenses. Uh, she has been very disciplined. I mean, she's a model client as far as we are concerned. Uh, we have very good conversations about life with her. So she understands that money is not everything. Money is important, but life is more important. And we have to live the life. We have to achieve our potential in life, not yeah. necessarily only in terms of money. So what happens is, I mean, when you're not focusing on, the, on money, uh, the mistakes that you tend to do if you only focus on money, those are avoided. Yeah. And the upshot is, I mean, this lady is now, I mean, 3.7, wow. 3.8 crores is not a small sum. And you give it another couple of years, that will grow exponentially. Exponentially, correct. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Another, another 4-5 years, probably she'll be uh, maybe 8-9 crores. Yeah. So she'll be in that territory. Yes. So, I mean, there are so many stories. There are, there are stories where, uh, for very unfortunate reasons, some company got acquired. Uh, in fact, uh, there were two cases like that. Company got acquired, so they did not, the, the acquiring company, they did not somehow treat, I mean, this is what I heard from the client. They did not treat them that very well. So the client was very frustrated. They were giving all kinds of odd jobs. This, this person was in the slightly senior position. So he was very frustrated and he wanted to know whether I can really resign. I mean, he was, he, he did not want to take a hasty decision. Uh, he wanted us to 100% assure him that it's possible for him to resign and uh, I mean actually retire. So he was in his early 50s, 51 I think at that time. So we ran the numbers, we asked him what will be uh, what will be your expenses post the time. And we had a lot of conversations. Uh, we we did all the projections. He had one son. He has one son. So for his education and everything. And ultimately, I mean he took his time. So he asked us three, four times. Three, four times we did that numbers, projections for him. And finally he took the call. And he's extremely happy about the call that he has taken, yes, he has the money. I mean, we told him so many times, you have the money, you can retire. If this is actually gnawing at your vitals, what is the point in living a life like that? Yeah. So just, just resign and try to do something on your own. So he's trying to do something on his own, not that it has built up to any extent. But the fact is that the baseline is taken care. Yeah. We have enough in the portfolio to take care of everything that uh, he wants. And if at all he's able to earn anything, that is a bonus. Yes. But he's extremely happy. He says so many times, he has told me so many times that I'm so very peaceful now. Yeah. I think it's a great position because I know a lot of people, what they really desire is this financial freedom. Right. And uh, now, so we have quite a young audience. You know, we, most of the people that are watching this podcast are, you know, within the 25 to 35 bracket uh, by the numbers. Correct. Um, what advice would you be able to give to them to achieve financial freedom as soon as they can? Because that's what most people are really hungry for. Great, yeah. So uh, I, I want to talk to your audience on this. Um, see, if you are a 25 something or if you are uh, somewhere in the 20s or early 30s, the thing that you need to really look forward to is to put a bedrock of investment, which will uh, which will be helpful to you in achieving your short term goals. It will uh, help you in in a situation where there is there is some kind of a say turbulence in life. Yeah. Like for example, 
you have lost your job i don't want anybody to lose the job but it can happen to anybody or the more uh, uh, likely situation where you may want to start something on your own yeah so in all those kind of situations ultimately if you have a bedrock of investment and if you are planning something properly then you can achieve the first thing that i would uh, say uh, in that direction is that when you start earning perforce put aside a certain sum of money if you are earning let's say 50000 put aside maybe 10 15 20% to start with it may be 10% but quickly move to that 30% so first when the money comes to your account income you first invest and then spend the rest yes. once you get once you get into that discipline uh, what happens is uh, you can spend without guilt right because you know for a fact that uh, you are already doing what you are supposed to do from the overall uh, wealth creation point of view meeting the goals point of view the second thing which i will also say is that go for your iphones go for your fancy laptops go for your holidays go do everything but don't do it on loan what i would suggest is you first save for it instead of paying an emi you first save that amount and then guilt free you can go for that laptop or a iphone or a emi uh, or a, a holiday uh, guilt free so you would have saved let us say 3 lakh 4 lakh whatever amount and all these things you can buy without taking recourse to a loan focus on your uh, lifestyle a bit i mean zindagi pada hai so it everything you know don't have to do in your 20s you you want a car absolutely it can come at some point in time but do not upgrade to a car too early in life where it will put so much pressure on you from the servicing to insurance to fuel to everything it will start putting pressure and lot of other things which will also add to the pressure will be your lifestyle itself so the car is part and parcel of your lifestyle so focus on the lifestyle increase the lifestyle slowly and over a period of time you should have that bedrock and that investment has to keep going up over a period of time so once you have that the other thing which i will also say is you have to have a proper liquidity and contingency provision liquidity is ideally i would suggest something like 3 months of expenses if you are in a stable kind of a job if you are in a industry where which is slightly turbulent or you feel it is a turbulent industry have at least 6 months of expenses put by the side expenses will include emis also if you have emis okay so that is very important the other thing which also you need to focus on build a contingency provision all the time contingencies can be by definition it is basically things which you normally cannot really uh, figure can happen like for example covid yeah nobody knew about covid but it happened and it actually kind of i mean turned the life upside down for a lot of people yeah and if you did not have the contingency provision then you had a problem i mean you had yeah. to take a loan you had to borrow from somebody yeah so have a contingency provision so sometimes it is completely unexpected like covid and sometimes it can be uh, anticipated like for example yeah. suppose you have a parent who, who for whom you cannot take an insurance okay and i mean their uh, health condition is not that very good or even if assuming it is good at any point for a senior yeah, it can yeah. happen it can happen so you have to have the contingency whatever whatever the amount maybe 3 lakh 5 lakh whatever or much bigger than that so that all those kind of sudden expenses or sudden that googlies will not really affect your uh, affect your life yeah. so it's very very important to do all these things and last thing before uh, before concluding on this is insurance what you require is medical insurance first medical insurance is the number one thing i know that you people are all very young you people are fit you are going to the gym you are jogging you are doing all the right things you are eating right i understand all that but at the same time i mean you never know life is full of surprises uh you never know when you you need to be hospital it can be for as 
trivial thing like a chikungunya for 3-4 days at a time. But that hospitalization can cost you maybe 70-80,000, 1 lakh rupees. So, it's going to go from your savings. Today, the good point is that medical insurance is not very costly. For a 20-something, it's probably going to come at maybe 6-7,000 rupees for a 5 lakh hour, maybe 7-8,000 rupees for a 5 lakh hour. So, that's all. So, we need to have our security nets in place. Absolutely necessary. Uh, for people who have any kind of education loan or any other loan, you need to have life insurance also in place so that in an unfortunate situation, it does not devolve on the other uh, other survivors. So these are the very basic things that you need to do. Uh, I mean, if you if you really want to put your life on solid footing, so go for it. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Sadgopal. It's been uh, a real pleasure. I'm absolutely certain that our uh, our viewership has uh, has got a lot of value from listening to you. Thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts and advice with us. Thanks a lot, Varun. Thanks a lot. I hope it has been useful for our audience.